This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The Bastards are back for the Friday edition of the podcast. We are part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Just a quick disclaimer for any of you first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. I am Jason Kelly. I'm coming to you from Westwood, Massachusetts. I'm your host tonight. You can find me at Color of the Iris on Twitter if you so choose to. Uh, joining me tonight from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, is Terry Cushman. Terry, how you doing? Ready to address some rumors. Yeah, yeah, we we got some hot, fresh rumors coming in this week uh, about a particularly, uh, I guess you could say, polarizing player on the Red Sox. We will uh, we will get to that eventually. And uh, Terry, where can they find you on Twitter? At Cushman MLB and the podcast account is at Bastards underscore Boston. Awesome. And also with us tonight from Denver, Colorado, by way of Quincy, Massachusetts, is Andrew Duan. What's up, Andrew? Yeah, doing a lot better than, than last night for sure. You know, no Red Sox loss. We've got a Bruins win. Yeah, mood, mood's a lot better. Uh, I'm sure that came through in the podcast last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last night's podcast was, uh, that was a rough one for all three of us. That was just, as I called it, the double kick in the nuts of the Celtics loss immediately followed by the Red Sox bullpen doing what they've done pretty much all season. Um, so that was not great, but you're right, a little bit better tonight. Um, and Andrew, where can they find you on Twitter real quick? So that's going to be at Andrew Dwan MLB. Okay, awesome. So yeah, as Terry mentioned uh, at the start of the show, we've got some uh, some pretty steamy rumors coming out of a few, uh, you know, blue checkmark MLB sources pertaining to Xander Bogarts. So look, we've talked about it since the offseason um, going into this season. You know, Xander Bogarts has not been given a contract extension. Um Obviously, Trevor Story was signed to a pretty big deal, and there's a whole thing of he's playing second base. Is he the Xander Bogarts replacement? You know, is this going to be your future infield? What are they going to do with Bogarts? Um, Xander himself has spoke about the contract negotiations, saying that, uh, yes, he was given an offer, but, quote, unquote, it didn't work out, um, and that he would not be talking with the Red Sox about a contract extension and for the rest of the year until the off season. Uh, and then just this week we had multiple MLB reporters, uh, JP Morosi among them saying, or speculating rather that 
Xander Bogarts being traded to the St. Louis Cardinals would be an ideal fit. Um, and for those who don't know, St. Louis Cardinals this week just demoted Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung was their starting shortstop. Um, he was a guy that they actually signed to a contract extension a couple of years ago after a breakout season. He was viewed as the future there. He was viewed as one of their building pieces. Got off to a real bad start this year. He has been demoted, and that's where the rumors really kicked up about, you know, the Red Sox are struggling. St. Louis looks like they could be in a playoff position or at least in a better position to go for an NL wildcard spot. Um, so would Xander Bogarts being traded there make sense? And that got a lot of people's ears up around here because obviously it's a sensitive issue. Xander Bogarts by many is viewed as the face of the franchise and he looks like he's kind of out the door, or at least it looks like management wants him out the door. So the question I would pose, and I'll start with you, Andrew, is how much do you buy into these rumors, you know, linking Xander Bogarts to the St. Louis Cardinals? And if you do think they're legit, when do you think that trade might happen? So I do think that the leading force behind these rumors is Xander's agent, and that's Scott Boris. Scott Boris is pissed off. He's been pissed off with the Red Sox pretty much all offseason. I think he wanted a large extension for Xander, uh, obviously, that benefits both parties. Uh, Scott gets his 6%. Xander gets his eight-year deal. He was mad that Xander overruled him when he first took that five years, uh, $100 million, which was an absolute bargain signing. And he came out last year and said, hey, there's going to be no discount. Xander took his discount. There's going to be no hometown discount this time around. He knows what he's worth. So I think Scott Boris is really trying to set some outside pressure because he sees how bad the Red Sox is struggling. He's probably not thrilled that they signed Trevor's story. He probably would have been happier if they gave uh, Carlos Correa $250 million. I think we'd be seeing Kumbaya with John Henry and Scott right now if that were the case. So I think he starts leaking. I think John Heyman gets the stories. I think Morosi gets it. I think Jim Bowden gets it. Because the Cardinals are an easy team to pinpoint him to. And they need him. They Honestly, they really do need him. They're, the Cardinals aren't doing as well as we kind of thought they might be doing at this point. Milwaukee looks like the better team. St. Louis needs the offense. So I'd put it at a 50% chance, well, that these are actual you know, legitimate rumors. And I do think that um, these two teams do match up well. And I don't want to get too deep into it yet. I do want to hear Terry's thoughts on it. But um, if they start, you know, faltering over these next three weeks or so, those rumors are going to get louder and they start to make a little more sense. So I'm going to stop there. I'm going to come back to it, though. Okay. So, yeah, it sounds like you mostly think it's a smokescreen by Scott Boris, which – uh, very likely theory, given how Scott Boris tends to operate. But Terry, what are your thoughts on on everything there? Well, just to kind of expand on uh, some of Andrew's takes here, because my mind's racing in like several different directions here, trying to process different angles and see how the pieces fit and what makes sense, what doesn't. But I, I just find it hard to believe that. Boris is fabricating trade rumors just to throw them out there. 
it's hard to put words into a front office executive's mouth. Now, in in the off season, it's different because because Boris can say, "Well, there's a mystery team, there's a dark horse team." It's hard to say that, you know, I heard Bloom said this. You just can't fabricate that. Or I heard St. Louis said this uh, about a conversation or whatever, because all Bloom has to do is come out and say, we're not shopping Xander at all right now. And and then Boris, you know, looks kind of dumb. You know, his pants go right to the ground. So I think it's just widespread speculation, you know, amongst media guys is how I see it. Yeah. And I, I, sorry, I I just like, that makes sense because it's easy to jump on St. Louis because they just demoted their starting shortstop for the year. If this had happened in 2021, you could have linked him to the Tampa Bay Rays when they traded uh, Willie Adamas out of nowhere to the Milwaukee Brewers. So I could, I could see how, yeah, like you could view it as just media members jumping on the latest thing that happened saying, oh, here's some speculation and kind of feeling that. Andrew, go ahead. Yeah. So, I, Terry, I agree with you there, but there was one little tidbit, and this was in the Athletic article uh, by Bowden, where it was the trade, and then it said, contingent on Xander signing an eight-year, $216 million extension. That's a very specific number. So that's uh, $27 million a year. You know, it's not 25, it's not 30, it's not, you know, a nice round number per year. I don't know, that's where I thought, that's when my brain started thinking, Scott's saying some things here. Like, is Xander naming his price? Is he telling the Red Sox, this is what I want. You know, they probably kind of know it, but is he kind of letting the public know that as well? Because, you know, as soon as that leak came out that the Red Sox offered him um, the extra year at 35, it was spun which way and whatever. So I don't know that, that one was kind of got, that got my antennas raised there with that specific number. I mean, I, I don't doubt that Boris is, is trying to identify uh, destination spots to where he could end up in July. And on top of that, taking their temperature on, would you be open to extending him upon doing that trade? I don't doubt that at all. Um, but it's just hard to say for him to say that he feels bloom, maybe shopping him or, or something, but, um, let, let me also throw this out there. I lost my train of thought just now. <laughs> that never happens. Um, crap. Let, let me ask this instead. Are we okay with Bloom shopping? If Bloom is shopping him and, and you know, getting feelers out there, are we okay with that the first week of May or second week of May? That that our GM or chief baseball officer is pulling the plug this early. It feels too early to me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's, that's the one thing that bothers me about this so much is that this is when this came up. You know, the Red Sox had a horrid month of April They're You know, again, we talked about on the last show They're, you know, it's them and like three other teams that have the worst records in baseball right now. 
And now these rumors come out about Xander Bogart's potential landing spots. As you said, if that's translation of Kyan Bloom is shopping him, boy, that's early. And, and what that means to me is that not only are they not close on negotiations, the negotiations are over. It, it's done. I, like if, if Kyan Bloom is actively shopping him this early, that tells me that Xander Bogart's already told them, I don't care how much you come back to me with me in the offseason. I'm not signing here. You, you, you know, it's you've already poisoned the water, uh, you know, for lack of a better term. So if that's the case, that's real bad because it's John Lester all over again. It's Moogie Betts all over again. You know, once again, you you bungled a negotiation with a star player to the point where you pissed them off so much that they've already told you, don't bother coming back to me with a counteroffer. I want to be traded. So that would be hugely alarming if that's the case. Let me say no with an asterisk. So, no, I'm not cool with that, uh, with him shopping him right now. I don't think he probably is. Again, I do think it's a lot of smoke. I do th- – the only scenario where I'd be okay with it is if he followed up that trade with saying, guys, I fucked up. Like, I, I really messed up this offseason. Like, we weren't – Swear jar. <laughs> Swear jar. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's okay. Well, I, that, that's what the, I, I screwed up, guys. Like, we, we need to – we were not good enough to compete. I – mismanaged um some allocations i should have spent on the bullpen there were x y and z hole that i didn't fill so that's kind of that would be the only way that i'd be cool with him potentially moving him and if he was and if he did move him say second week of june and was like listen if we waited till august we're not getting anything back we're getting a middle reliever back end of the 40 prospect. If he walked away with, I, let's get into it now, Nolan Gorman, who is a second base, third base prospect for the Cardinals, a top 30 prospect in all of baseball, a power hitting uh, infielder with 60 power, 55 hit um, grade. It was like, guys, like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sign Raphael Devers to this extension that completely contingent on a trade. You got to sign Devers. We said we're moving Trevor over. We're getting Nolan's our everyday second baseman. Here's where we're going from here. That that's the only way I could see it being somewhat acceptable because he'd have to take accountability and uh, explain why they're in the position that they are. That they have to trade the face of the franchise uh, six weeks into the season. Do Do you think that's a possibility though? Do you think that they could get? a Nolan Gorman for Xander Bogarts. Cause I, I think that's a steep price. He, Xander Bogarts is maybe top 10 short. He is a top 10 shortstop, but that's a steep price. I agree with you. When, when Bowden threw that out there, even with the, uh, you know, the terms that Xander would have to sign that eight year deal. I still thought that was too much. Let me throw this out there. They didn't get pitching back from LA with Mookie. And I think a lot of that had to do with uh, Gratterall's arm a lot of red flags. Two teams said he's not a starter. Like, let's not forget, he was a starting pitcher. Um, and now he's just a one-inning bullpen guy. But High Bloom had a very high up position with the, with the Rays in 2018 when they drafted Matthew Libertor um, very early in the first round. He was one of the best pitching prospects in that draft. The Rays then flipped him for Randy Rosarina. Libertor is one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. He's a tick 
behind Nolan Gorman, I think we'd probably see them target him uh, more so than Nolan Gorman because they need young, talented arms uh, going forward because they're not coming from within outside of Bello and uh, or Bayo and Walter, and those aren't sure things. So I, I, I think Gorman's a pipe dream. Maybe if you attach like a Matt Strom to him, but yeah, I, th- I thought when I saw Nolan Gorman, that's shooting for the moon. I don't think you're going to get that back because he's, yeah, he, he's great. You could also throw in a, a Nathan Avaldi type guy. It, it doesn't quite resemble the Turner Scherzer package, you know, because Avaldi's not quite Scherzer, but he's solid, you know, a, a number two on most rotations and he's got a great postseason record uh which is what a team would want so i i think that could potentially uh sweeten the deal but i, I it's just insane to me and, and the reason why i asked it if we're okay with with bloom already pulling the plug is how does how would John Henry feel at this point? Cause at this point he wants to win. He got a, he got a taste of it last October. And I, I, I don't think I just, I don't think he wants to take a step backwards. I see. I would love to agree with that. I would love to have the, uh, for lack of a better term, the bloodthirsty John Henry back, but I think he's kind of checked out on the Red Sox right now. Like he just bought the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, He's, you know, he was at the Kentucky Derby the other day. Like, I don't think that he's in absolutely have to win now kind of mode. I think that part of the reason Kyan Bloom is here is because John Henry looks at and goes, oh, maybe, you know, maybe it's okay to have three or four years, maybe even five in between championships if we do it with young guys and we don't have to come up against a luxury tax every single year, like the Yankees do, um, or, you know, or even the Dodgers do grant, you know, the Dodgers did win, but they're, you know, blowing past the luxury tax every year. And I think John Henry is very cognizant of that. So I, I would love to think that he's getting antsy and that he's impatient and he's, you know, banging down the door to say, Hey, what are we doing here? But I kind of think that he's just on his yacht wherever in the world that he is that day. And you're just kind of going, yeah, Kyle's going to figure it out. If, if we're not close in a couple of years and I'll step back in and I'll go fire and brimstone, but for now I'm okay. So here's my take on that. If they do trade Xander early, I want red. And again, if they decide that's the best route and they need to make a quick switch right now. Okay. That's fine. As long as you have a plan. I do. However, want Red Sox fans to vote with their wallet um, for the remainder of the summer. I don't want them waiting two hours for a Fenway Frank and a $12 truly uh, while they get a picture with Tom Carrot. Um, I, I, I don't want them to go to Fenway. I want like, I want to have capacity because I guarantee you if that stadium is a ghost town throughout the summer, Ness's ratings are down. You're going to see, some big sightings in the off season. There are some very talented arms coming over from Japan. There's a guy in New York that's fast tracking his way to an MVP award. 
there's a third baseman that is on your team that's approaching a contract year, I think you could see a lot of moves to get back in the good graces of fans. So if this is what it takes. Don't you think that should have happened after John Lester and Mookie Betts? And it didn't. I mean, we all we heard when Mookie Betts was traded was, wow, this is the worst trade in Red Sox history, and they'll never recover from this, and fans should be appalled, and they should boycott the team, and they still almost sell out every single well, game. they did with the Lester one, because then we saw, what, right after that, we we got, within a couple of years, we got the two scrubs in Pablo and Hanley, and then we got David Price. Or Actually, we're all three in the same offseason. Uh, Price, no, those Price two was one more, two one more after, yeah. yeah. I don't know. They, I mean, every every time they've bottomed out like that, it has kind of resulted in something large. Well, I mean, if you trade Xander, the urgency to lock up Devers has to be immense because you can't through the roof. How, how do you how do you replace even Xander? You're not. Yeah. Well, you, uh, Trevor Story, and then you move. If you got Nolan Gorman, I guess I, then you're kind of like ninety, eighty-five percent of where you are right now. Right, but if you don't, if you don't bring at least one back, and then they're both not here in 2023, you're telling your fan base that uh, no. this is a, a, a longer rebuild than what we might have alluded to. I've always thought that was a zero zero percent chance. I I never thought that in one year we'd see Devers, Xander, and JD leave. I just I to this day remain adamant that there's zero percent chance of that yeah i i think if it does come down to that where xander leaves devers leaves and like you know you're not getting the nolan gorman back you're just you know if the plan there is just oh well, we got this kid Benellis, he's going to take over at third base just wait a couple of years like if you really are going to just do that then yeah you're just it's the race all over again as well we don't need superstars we'll just replace him with the next 20 year old that's in our system and hopefully he's good. If he is good, we'll keep him around for a couple of years until he hits free agency. And then we'll get rid of him too. If that's the way it's going to be, then that's completely unacceptable for this market and this fan base. And I don't even think bloom looks at it that way because he knows how much money that Tampa Bay allocates to their developmental systems. They're insane. That's, that's where all their money goes. All those tickets, or whatever ticket sales they make, they have the best coaches. They have the best staff, the best trainers. They literally can anyone that comes on is just a, a wagon after two years. The Red Sox have done a better job lately, but they are not Tampa Bay. No one is. And I Bloom knows that. Well, I think Jason meant just from a a budgeting standpoint. I mean, developmentally, I mean, we're we're not as good as Tampa. I was kind of hoping for that with Dave Bush, and and we've been pretty stout, really, as far as pitching. So maybe that is going in the right direction. With Juice Baseballs, though, how how long is this Michael Walker thing gonna go on? Because he's a he's a pitch to contact guy, so so the the Juice Balls are gonna hurt him, but. Um, but getting back to it, I just 2023 or this coming winter, 
22 into 23. This has to be the all-in offseason. It has to be. I mean, particularly the way this season is going so far, yeah. I mean, it's how, how many more years are you going to, you know, you, you don't want to take too many steps back because that's just not going to work for, for the roster you have and for the expectations. So, yeah, it, it should absolutely be more active. But and who knows? What if Meyer just isn't the guy? What if he's just like an above average player and not like a super elite player like he's hyped up to be? I mean, Yohan Moncada was the number one prospect in all of Major League Baseball. I mean, we can all agree that he didn't quite live up to the hype. I mean, he's a good player, but but he's not Wander Franco. And and so so I don't want to necessarily wait for all of these guys to to come up just to find out, oh, you know, they're just not, you know, as elite as we thought they would be. And we just we just had this super long rebuild when we probably could have been more aggressive and, and competitive sooner. Well, luckily they can't bottom out like two years in a row with the new draft format. I think they kind of put some fail safes into that with how many times you can like finish bottom six or something like that. So kind of, kind of forces your hand there. Luckily. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, uh, the, the point that slipped my mind earlier, um, Scott Boris can't have, Carlos Correa and Xander Bogarts going into free agency together. One of those guys has to sign uh, before the season ends. And I don't think, I do not think Minnesota is going to lock up Correa to this mega deal, 300 plus. I, I want to say Joe Maurer is the biggest financial commitment they ever made. And I don't even think that wasn't even quite 200. So, um, so, and the, the twins are last I checked in first place. So they, they don't have any incentive to try to even trade Correa to cash in necessarily. So I think, I think Scott Boris has to, at all costs, get Xander Bogarts onto another team with an extension in place the day that trade happens. And Xander does have 10, five rights. So he's got a lot of leverage I, himself. I agree with you. And he's not just going up against Craig. He's going against Trey Turner. He's going against Dansby Swanson. And there's probably another that I can't think of right now. It's not a two horse race. I Xander's probably number three there behind Turner and Correa. Cause neither of those guys are switching positions. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're they're going to essentially do what the Mets did with Lindor. Like, that's the hope. And I, I know that was technically still the offseason, but, but that trade took place with, like, 99.9% confidence the, that an extension would happen. Can I build on your point? Because could this be a fear tactic? Like, a fear-mongering from Boris and Xander, then? Are they worried that once he hits open market that the public pressure off is off the Red Sox. And like, is he worried where am I going to just completely bottom out tail between the leg and go back to the Red Sox 
for 30 million for 25 million is are are they nervous could that be a possibility that's a good point they could be and i mean the optics aren't good that all these teams are looking at the Red Sox going, wow, they only offered him 90 over four years. And I, I know that was essentially just a one-year add-on, but but the, the optics aren't good, and I, I don't think Boris appreciates that. And the other thing that I, I've harped on the last several shows is Xander's a first-half player. So you probably want to get that done in the first half before he tails off. He's never been horrible in in the second half by by any means but um but there is you know a difference and and, and he's never been a postseason guy anyway so um so there there's a lot of incentive for for Scott Boris to to get something done yeah i mean especially you know Xander Bogart's been out to a red hot start so like Terry said if he, if he has a poor second half then, you know, especially if he has a poor second half and the team itself has a poor second half as well, then, you know, Xander Bogart's going to kind of fade away or fade into irrelevancy a little bit. Not entirely. I mean, there will still be teams that want him, but they'll kind of look at him going, eh, I don't know, your team sucked and you were just kind of average in the second half. We're, we're not giving you $30 million a year. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Boris and him are thinking that going, hey, you know, we should strike while the iron's hot because – you're, you're the hottest guy in the market right now. And everyone knows that the Red Sox, you know, aren't willing to sign you. So why don't we uh, start putting some news out there and hopefully get you moved. And if they don't agree on this international draft by, I think it's like July 3rd, then that comp pick comes back into play and Xander is going to have a first round pick attached to him. Can he do that where he's opting out? Yep. You're sure? Okay. Yep. Because that was that was the case with JD last year. Everyone's like, "Well, can they put a QO pick on him?" True. And okay. it, yep, it was. All right. <laughs> that would be uh, kind of dirty, but Xander should be, in theory, a player that the another team would sign anyway. I mean, it's not like the Conforto situation. Yeah, and just one other thing to kind of piggyback off of the: uh, Are we okay with Bloom doing this? He hasn't denied anything. He hasn't done anything to take out the fire extinguisher and hose off the rumors. So just for what it's worth, he's fine with that stuff floating around. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. He he hasn't at all tried to douse that situation or at least sort of say, Oh no, you know, the, the offer was better than he's saying, or no, you know, it's negotiations still ongoing. It's, you know, it, it's not as drastic as he's saying. You're right. Like <clears throat> Bloom seems okay with the or with the fact of just the entire league kind of knowing, like, hey, the Red Sox lowballed him and they're not giving him the market deal that he wants, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, um. These are heavy thoughts for second week of May. <laughs> it, it's really, yeah. That's the depressing part. It's like. Second week of May, and yeah, I know things aren't going well, but it's like we're already figuring out, okay, what what's the trade package for Xander Bogarts that we'd be happy with? It's, yeah, it's kind of depressing, but this is the situation we're in, you know? I mean, these rumors come out. I don't think they come out of nowhere, and when your team is, you know, in the cellar like they are, then 
you know, that's only going to add fuel to the fire. So, um, did you, any of you guys have any final thoughts on that or? Just waiting for the next, uh, bombshell or someone credible to throw fuel on the fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big month coming up. Um, and if we get off to a horrible start <laughs> on this road trip, I, then we, it actually, we might actually start seeing legitimate reports because I, I'm not buying it right now, but they fall on their face. Uh, I'm going to start to buy it. I want to see Alex Cora extremely stressed out and, and potentially high in bloom bloom. Did you guys see the, the interview with him in the dugout? It was just, yeah, he looked pretty disheveled in there. I, maybe, maybe he just got back from a run. I, I know he likes to do that, but looked a little disheveled, a little stressed. And that would be a relief to me because that's, that's ownership saying, come on guys, this isn't, this isn't what we wanted this year and whatnot. So anyway, Job Job wants Bloom fired. That's what he was saying uh, a couple shows ago. So um it's uh it's definitely the whole fan base is uh all all over the road with this start of the season. Yeah, I agree. It'd be nice to see them uh as stressed as we are to start the year, but I don't know. Yeah, they'll try and play it cool, but uh, they should be stressed out because this is definitely not the start that anybody wanted. So we'll see, I guess. Um, okay, I think with that, we'll probably wrap it there. Um, that was sort of the big news of the week anyway. That was really the, the hottest thing going on. So um, we will be back on Monday to cap the weekend series against Texas. So that'll be uh, Terry, Job, and Charlie taking that one. Um, hopefully, they at least take two out of three. Texas is not a great team, um, but as we sort of previewed on on our show last night, I'm not feeling confident about that given the pitching matchups. But we'll see, and uh, we'll see if there's any more news that pops up over the next couple of days. So, once again, uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll be back with you guys next week. Take care.